0: All right. Welcome back. We are here today. We've got another Poetry Pause with Mr. Kobe Dolliff, and today joining us as well is Mr. Joshua Dyson. Welcome to both of you.
1: Yeah. Thank you for having us. Good to be back.
0: Always good to be here. You'll hear uh, potentially some strings in the background today. It's We're recording during the elective hour for the upper school. We've so. actually
2: hired a background. <laughs> I hope that that was an okay allocation of funds from, <laughs> yeah, from yeah. Grant It was good to hire a string quartet. <laughs>
0: <laughs> they're just going to play while we so they were, they were playing a second ago we'll see if they get picked up on the track but it's sounding good yeah it is sounding really good miss watson does a great job with them and uh our kiddos are doing great but kobe
2: who do you have for us today so surprise surprise for those of you that know me uh <laughs> i've i've got some gk chesterton for us i didn't anything, we so. didn't know how long i could hold off and <laughs> it, it turns out it's the second Edition of the podcast, (laughs) but we're coming up on Christmas, and I think there are a few people who are better at talking about Christmas than Chesterton, and I also think Chesterton is rarely better than when he's talking about Christmas. Hmm. Um, One of his personal favorite things, uh, and mine as well. So I've got I've got a Chesterton Christmas poem, probably my favorite of of several of his. Um, It's called "The House of Christmas." Uh, I think if you listen to our last poetry pause. You'll notice a distinct difference. Um, Chesterton's poetry is much more ryth- rhythmic, much more straightforward, sing-songy. Uh, I think it's very fitting for writing about Christmas. So I'll mm-hmm. hop in and we can save the analysis for afterwards, I guess. So here we go. The House of Christmas by G.K. Chesterton. There fared to mother driven forth out of an inn to Rome. In the place where she was homeless, all men are at home. The crazy stable close at hand with shaking timber and shifting sand grew a stronger thing to abide and stand than the square stones of Rome. For men are homesick in their homes and strangers under the sun, and they lay their heads in a foreign land whenever the day is done. Here we have battle and blazing eyes and chance and honor and high surprise, but our homes are under incredible. Are under miraculous skies where the Yule tale was begun A child in a foul stable where the beasts feed and foam Only where he was homeless are you and I at home We have hands that fashion and heads that know But our hearts we lost how long ago In a place no chart nor ship can show Under the sky's dome This world is wild as an old wives tale And strange the plain things are. The earth is enough and the air is enough For our wonder and our war. But our rest is as far as the fire drake swings And our peace is put in impossible things Where clashed and thundered unthinkable wings Round an incredible star. To an open house in the evening Home shall men come. To an older place than Eden and a taller town than Rome, to the end of the way of the wandering star, to things that cannot be and that are, to the place where God was homeless and all men are at home.
0: That's good. That's good. House of Christmas by G.K. Chesterton. Um, so obviously you're a huge Chesterton fan. We saw that with... Uh, the seniors last year as they presented their theses. Um, but in particular, his poetry uh seems like it has risen as a thing that you enjoy. I
2: mean, yeah, which why. is interesting because I think it's probably... Chesterton is, is sort of a Renaissance man and does journalism, does poetry, does novels, does theology, does history. And poetry, I think as far as like what he's actually good at compared to other people isn't near the top of the list i mm. wouldn't say like he's for sure a minor poet and is for sh- and in a lot of ways i think he's kind of a one trick pony like all of his like all he can do is like very rhythmic rhyming and part of that i think is because he's not a fan of modernist developments in poetry but we could get mm. further into that uh but but i also think that his poetry really gets at the heart of a lot of what he's trying to do um in his other works I think you can't avoid being straightforward in poetry, and Chesterton loves to avoid being straightforward. Yeah.
0: Talked about that a little bit last time. You have to be really selective with your words. Yeah. Um, because you sometimes need things to mean multiple things.
2: Yeah, exactly.
0: Or to elicit some sort of response.
1: Does this uh, piece remind you of an, something else that Chesterton has written, another work of mm. his or um, one of
2: his books? or? Yeah, I mean, I think Chesterton is uh, – Almost everything he does revolves around like a set of like four or five themes that I could probably go through. And so I think mm-hmm. almost everything in some sense seems to connect. Mm-hmm. Um, but this idea of being at home and finding rest mm-hmm. and uh, wonder at the world, that all those, all three of those things I feel like are kind of swirling around in this poem. You, Chesterton's kind of thing that he's known for, his shtick, is – Wonder at the world and at the everyday, right? And you see that in the mm-hmm. second to last paragraph where he says, this world is as wild as an old wives' tale and strange the plain things are. The earth is enough and the air is enough for our wonder and our war. He has an essay we read in Integrated Humanities called Tremendous Trifles where he talks about how you know some people would think that you need to go out and travel around the world to see mm-hmm. wonders. Whereas he says, I'm going to sit and let the wonders wash over me where mm-hmm. I'm at. Right, that actually, if I actually if I actually looked at that bookshelf, then I could see the wonder in it. If I truly saw it for what it was, hmm. um, reminds me of the uh, piece of wild things. Yeah, oh, yeah. right, Wendell Berry. Yeah, Barry. Barry. yeah, definitely.
0: And so, is that ha- the one where he's like, "If I could only come back to England as a... So where
2: that's am a, I mixing. That, well, that's a different essay, but very <laughs> okay. similar. I mean, again, like I'm yeah. saying, right? Like he's doing a lot of these similar yeah. things in a lot of his work.
0: Um, oh, is that orthodoxy?
2: Well, there's he talks about that kind of in orthodoxy. He has a whole essay where he talks about that in his actual home. Like, I'm actually going to – he he contemplates <laughs> leaving England and going – and then there's a novel called Man Alive where the main character oh, – that's what it is. Yeah. Literally does that. Yeah. Actually goes – it says I'm going to leave and go around the world until I can actually see my own home as mm-hmm. if it was mm. someone else's. Yeah. And see it with new eyes. But what's interesting here, I think – is that he – usually I think that's kind of the final note in a lot of his stuff mm. is he's like, oh, we need to wonder at the world, period. Mm-hmm. Whereas in this, it's just sort of a comma, right? He's saying like this world is wild and should cause us wonder. But – and the but is like – but re- like wonder is available to us, right? The, the, the strange things are plain.
0: But our for a second. It's uh, that, that
2: noise. Oh, yeah, I hear it. Sorry. All right. So the uh, the idea that wonder, right, is that we should wonder at the things around us, the ordinary, right, strange the plain things are, that's actually just kind of a comma in this poem because he's saying, like, yes, sure, that – like, wonder is available to us, but our rest – He says, Our rest is as far as the fire, Drake swings, and Mm -hmm. our peace is put in impossible things. So it's like the one thing we can't grasp at is actually this sense of home Mm -hmm. and this sense of rest, right? And he's saying that the only place that it actually is available is in this place where paradoxically God Himself is homeless and Mm -hmm. and all men are at home, Mm -hmm. which I think is pretty interesting. And we could dive into a little bit more. Yeah,
0: no doubt. That's what I was starting to pick up on that theme too with the. Uh, for men are homesick in their homes and strangers under the sun. But even the, the difference there of, like, it's not just your house. It's every house. It's mm-hmm. everywhere on earth. You are you are not at home. hmm And there's that longing. You're wanting for something else. Wanting to know where you can actually lay your head and be at home.
2: mm mm-hmm.
1: That's interesting there. Close to the top, to Mary. Right. In the place where she was homeless, all men are at home. Mm-hmm. What's the contrast there of her homelessness and but there? Does it mean that the men feel at home or it's just where they reside? What what he? What's the contrast there meant?
2: To be? Well, I mean, I think it, it's talking about the stable, right, where Christ is born. And so, to me, what I see here, obviously, there's some ambiguity here that you could go different directions with, but it seems like he's contrasting the homelessness of Mary and Joseph and the Christ child, who are who can't even get a room in the inn, mm-hmm. with. Actually, when – then us who feel homeless everywhere in the world, when we actually come to the stable, when we actually come into the presence of Christ, like that's actually where we finally find a real sense of home and real rest. Mm -hmm. Right? Because – and I think that's why he references back to Eden too. It's like he says, home shall all men come to an older place than Eden in a taller town than Rome. It's like we actually feel homeless everywhere on the earth because we actually have lost our sense of home since mm. the fall right but but here is dawning the first light of the new creation right where we actually are all finally going to be at home in the presence of god um and so it's like christmas is this little light shining out of darkness right it's this entrance of the kingdom into the earth it's this little it's it's this blip on the map of of what everything is someday going to be right when god actually does restore all things to right Restore us to relationship with Himself, and we finally do feel <laughs> at home in the new creation. So, that I think that's what's going on.
0: Yeah, that's so good. Mm-hmm. So, so good.
1: What are the what are the square stones of Rome? I, I, I had a hard time
2: mm-hmm. trying to
1: think. Of what is that? The square stones of Rome.
2: Yeah, that's a good question. I you know it could be that there's a more specific reference than this, but I just thought of it. He seems to me to be using Rome to sort of Represent like the height of civilization, right? He mm-hmm. he refers to it again later in the poem when he says, Older place than Eden, taller town than Rome. Uh-huh. And so I think of it just as, you know, these mag- magnificent architectural uh-huh. feats of the ancients and medievals that you find, uh, that we'll find when we're there in a few months.
0: <laughs> yeah, that's right, three months. <laughs> um, Not heaven, Rome. <laughs> yeah. <laughs>
2: Could be heaven. Hey.
0: Lord willing, L- Lord willing, yeah. you never
2: know. <laughs> just didn't
0: want to be confusing <laughs> yes. for that. Yes, thank yeah. You. I, I imagined that it was something about the sturdiness, like men men trusted uh-huh. in the material and the the ability and the uh, ability to think and the ability yeah, to build it's and good. create. That's good. And uh-huh. what they should have been looking for the was square this yeah, manger.
1: That, that's good.
0: Um, I I was I got stuck on square stones. I was like, is is something particular mm-hmm. about the square stones, or is it just? No, they were square stones because that's how you move them. You know,
2: Mm -hmm.
0: um, the sun and the sky seem to pop up quite a bit. Uh, Mm -hmm. mine has no paragraph breaks. So, but the sun at the beginning, then, um, we're rolling around this incredible, or we go around an incredible star Christ or the sun. Um, the end of the way of the wandering star, um, does he, have his, does he have his eyes in the heavens? I mean, what's his... Is this pretty common for Chesterton to center things around celestial bodies?
2: Yeah, I mean, there' uh, there's a whole separate discussion you could get into about, like, Chesterton and Lewis's, like, sort of medieval cosmology of the world mm-hmm. and how they, like, sort of think of things a lot differently than we moderns do. Chesterton has a whole essay about how we shouldn't say... <laughs> about how... We shouldn't say that the earth revolves around the sun because <laughs> he's like, he's like yes, that might be true in a practical scientific sense, hmm. but it's not actually true when it comes to our daily lives and it's not true in sort of like a spiritual sense. Like we watch the sun rise and fall and like as it hmm. pertains to our lives, that's actually more true than saying we revolve on- <laughs> oh, It's it's a whole – it's an interesting essay. But him and Lewis a lot of times – are looking uh, sort of have the seven heavens idea of the medieval co- uh, that the medievals have of cosmology where they do they are infused with more meaning than sort of just these like uh, mathematical things that we view them as in the modern scientific world but uh, but what I really think is going on here right is is he specifically just trying to picture the nativity right right where hmm. So our rest is as far – so this is right after the part we talked about earlier, strange the plain things are. The earth is enough and the air is enough for our wonder and our war. Like these things are available. But our rest – where is it? Our rest is as far as the fire drake swings, a fire drake being a dragon, right? So he's already trying – he's he's sort of bringing in this mythological feel to mm-hmm. the thing. Our rest is as far as the fire drake swings and our peace is put in impossible things. Right, it's actually unthinkable that the creator of the universe <laughs> would become a, a little crying baby, and just be laying among the cows and sheep. Our peace is put in impossible things, where clashed and thundered unthinkable wings round an incredible star. Right, so mm-hmm. I think that's thinking of the of the angels and the star above the, nat- the the nativity. And so I think he's just trying to give us, he's trying to actually awaken our sense to the wonder of like. This is actually nuts. What's going on mm-hmm. in the in the nativity scene?
0: It, it makes me think of we just finished in our house last night. Best Christmas pageant ever. D- different level of reading for sure. Have you ever read Best Christmas Pageant? Ever? I don't think I have. Okay, have you? No. Oh man, you got to read it with your kids. Everyone should read <laughs> Best Christmas Pageant ever. Uh, but these essentially these kids come into the church and they're only there because they found out their snacks and uh, they're kind of like. Out on the edge of town and ruffians a bit and and when they're telling when uh, they go to act out the play the and the nativity and all that, they're starting to wonder like why you know she's like, well I, the main girl is like, "I don't even know what the story is hmm. And so the gal starts to retell it, and it's it's really interesting as you've been talking because I'm like, oh, all these people started to see for the first time what she only could see because she had never heard it before. I'm the Herndon, but I can't remember hmm. what the oldest girl's name is. Um, but she's like, so she gets to the part and she's like, oh, and Mary was with child. And everyone's like, mm-hmm, yes, with child. And she's like, you know, Mary was pregnant, <laughs> like this little girl. <laughs> and uh, this other girl, Alice Wendelkin, gets totally upset because someone would dare to call uh, the mother of Jesus pregnant no, it's with child. And like how even, even connecting back to this, like the ordinariness of being pregnant didn't like she was the other girl. Alice Wendelkin was so offended by trying to make Jesus's mom ordinary. And it's like, no friends. She was, there was something special about her yeah, for sure. But, um, she was a young teenage girl who was pregnant hmm. and had just traveled so she could be registered. And, <laughs> Just needed to give birth. Just needed a spot to have the baby.
2: Yeah. Hm.
0: Sorry. little aside. No, that's awesome. The other thing that's it made good. me think of was uh, Pastor Derek Hale is, uh, I think, I don't know if he's on sabbatical. At some point he's doing a sabbatical, but he's specifically studying how the seven uh, Chronicles of Narnia relate to the seven celestial, bo- or the seven uh, heavenly bodies, the the seven different planets of medieval yeah. times, and hmm. how like in, in the Lion, the Witch, and the Wardrobe you'll see I think it's Jupiter, and so everything's more jovial, and you see Santa coming back, or Saint Nick, or Father Christmas or,
2: Yeah, That so for, for our listeners out there, if you want to know more about that, talk to Mr. <laughs> Hale, or read uh, there's two books there's sort of the, if you're the more academic person, read Planet Narnia by Michael Ward, it's like 600-page PhD. Mm. Or then he has uh, a more popular version for the less academically inclined among us, like myself. I'll pick up this one. (laughs) Like (laughs) myself. And it's called The Narnia Code. Mm. It's only like 150 or 200 pages. Oh, nice. That discusses those kind of ideas. So if it catches your interest, it really is. I think Mm. it's convincing that Lewis actually is doing something with it in those books. That's cool.
0: Interesting. Josh, what else have you picked up on? Those are, I, mean, I think we covered
1: a lot of the, the things here. As um, I think there's a lot to meditate on here. The last two lines in particular, I've just been reflecting on uh, to the place where God was homeless and all men are at home. Obviously, the, the home theme is something that we've hit uh, pretty heavily here. Uh, but just thinking on the implications of what does it mean for God to be homeless and what does it men, mean for men, all men to be um, at home in that place? Hmm. So I don't really have an answer for that, but it's certainly some maybe you know somewhat what poetry is intended for us to do is not to necessarily have answers, but Hmm. to um, to spark some things for us to meditate Mm -hmm. on. So yeah, I'm just kind of meditating on that a little bit. Hmm. That's good.
0: Kobe, anything else?
2: Man, I don't know. I don't know if there's much else I could say that is as good as the poem itself. This has always been one that has struck me as less like. Oh, here's my explanation, (laughs) and more just, I just like sitting under it. Yeah. Mm -hmm. That's good.
0: That's good. Well, then we'll sit under it for today. I love that. Thanks Thanks for coming in again. Thanks, Kobe. Thanks, Poetry
2: House.